everyone. Welcome back to the Garden Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Saccaroli. In this episode, we're going to talk about something that's actually been on my heart for quite a while now. Um, it's something that God has really just been stirring in me, and it's the idea of our callings. Uh, so this episode is called Your Calling, Discovering It, Owning It, and Walking in It. So let's not waste any time, and let's just dive into this new episode. With the world that we live in, how many of us are battling with fear? Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, maybe even fear because of where you live. Fear is something that the enemy will use against us to cripple us in our lives and in our purpose and in the callings that God has for us. But even though we may struggle with fear at times, God still calls us to pursue him and the plans that he has for us. He still calls us to be in the world and not of it. And he calls us to stand firm in our faith, even with the fear that wants to try to stop us in our place. Um, so living in Buffalo, as you know, you may know, you may not know, I live in Buffalo, New York. And recently, um, our governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, he was having a press conference. Um, he has them pretty regularly, if not every day, uh, about COVID and everything going on here. And in this press conference, I just heard a snippet of it. Um, but he actually said, he said that his goal is to vaccinate every New Yorker. Um, I don't know how you feel about vaccines, um, but for me, I am, I'm not anti-vaccine, but I'm not a fan of being forced to take a vaccine, um, especially for a virus that has a very, very, very high survival rate. Um, But for Governor Cuomo, it's his goal to uh, vaccinate every single New Yorker. And, you know, for me, when I first heard this, um, I was getting upset. You know, I was getting afraid. Um, There is a lot of fear that I have been battling with. Um, It comes in waves It you know, it comes comes and goes at times. But wondering, you know, what's the future going to look like for our nation? What's the future going to look like as a New Yorker? Um, what's it going to look like if I have to take a vaccine? Um, what's it going to look like if I refuse a vaccine? Um, honestly, <laughs> for me personally, I am more scared to take a vaccine for COVID than I am actually getting COVID. Um, I am very conscious of what I put into my body. Um, at least I try to be very conscious of what I put into my body on a regular basis. And um, being forced to take a vaccine, that's something I am not looking forward to. And um, if anything, I would probably resist, resist it. Um, you know, and I have friends in healthcare who are also nervous about it as well. Um, you know, and like I just said, like, what are the consequences if, you know, this is something that's mandated, you absolutely have to take one, what are the consequences of refusing it? Um, so for me, I just had a lot of this going on, um, in my head. Um, I was really upset towards Governor Cuomo. I was really upset at the current situations and I was getting a little fear in me about the future and the, the fear of the unknown, the fear of, you know, what's life going to look like, um, down the road. And I was driving home from work and, and I started to pray for Governor Cuomo. Um, not because I wanted to, if anything, I was getting mad at the guy, but the word commands us to pray for, not that he's my enemy, but, you know, pray for those that you don't like. Paraphrasing the Bible right there. But we're called to pray. We're called to pray for everybody. We're called to pray for those in government and in leadership. So I started to pray for him. And um, even though I didn't want to, you know, there are times as Christians where we need to obey the word regardless if we feel like doing it or not. Um, but as I was praying, you know, God, you know, he was helping me feel better, feel more at peace. And as I pulled into my driveway, um, this dropped into my heart and I totally believe that it was God. 
and I feel like God said this to me, the conviction of your calling has to be greater than the fear. I'm going to say that again. The conviction of your calling has to be greater than the fear. I have acquaintances who have left New York State, um, some people out of fear about like what's going on in, in our state and everything with our governor. And, you know, some people have left specifically because of Governor Cuomo. And one thing I often hear um, from these people who are who are who have left is to get out, leave New York State. Um, a lot of these people who are leaving, you know, my home state, they're telling other people to follow in their footsteps. Now, what's interesting is that some of these people that I have heard and seen um, encourage other people to leave my home state. Um, some of these people are Christians, and I find that really interesting. Um, and it's fine if they left, if that was their conviction, if that's what they felt like God was telling them to do. Um, but my question is, if all the Christians left New York State, who would witness to lost people? Who would evangelize? Who would share the gospel in New York State? And same for your hometown. You know, maybe you're in a similar situation to my home state. Uh, maybe you're nervous about where you live. Um, and the same goes for you. Like, what if every Christian just left your home, your city? Who would share the gospel? Who would, you know, be a light in the darkness? Um, if we all just left our quote-unquote posts for ease, comfort, and a better sense of security and safety, then who would build the kingdom of God in those areas? And, you know, what's funny is that for Vinny and I, we have actually tried to leave New York. Um, when we first got married early on, um, we really have a love for Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it always kind of felt like a second home for us. We visited there a ton of, like, a bunch of times. We have friends and um, lots of friends down there. And we have, like, a sense of community down there. And for a while, we were actually considering and dreaming about moving to Charlotte. And, um, you know, but as we were talking about it and dreaming about it, um, you know, for both of us, we didn't have a peace within us. And, you know, for me specifically, like I just did not have a peace within me to leave Buffalo and to relocate somewhere else. And, um, you know, this was even a few years ago, but I really felt like God was saying, no, you stay in Buffalo. And um, this time last year, I actually, well, yeah, it's going to be a year already, which is crazy, but I actually got a brand new job um, that was totally God-ordained. He opened the door for me there. And um, this new job, you know, for me, I know that I am called to be in my new workplace. And um, I even said in my interview, I told my now boss that if I get this job, I believe that God has called me to be here. And I knew that without a doubt, um, especially because I did not think I was going to get the job. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, you know what, if I get this job, like, I know without a shadow of a doubt, it is the Lord leading me here and calling me to be here. Um, so what's interesting is that what keeps me in Buffalo um, is not just, you know, family, you know, the standard things, although like I love, you know, the family aspect and it would be hard to leave. Um, but what keeps me in Buffalo and in New York State, even in the midst of fear and even in the midst of the unknowns and the what ifs, like what's going to happen down the road and even in the midst of, you know, possibly having to face a mandated vaccine and maybe even facing the consequences of refusing that. What keeps me where I am is the conviction of my calling. Um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called me to be in my current workplace. I know without a shadow of a doubt God has called me to serve in the areas that he has put myself and my husband. 
Um, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called me to stay and, and be in Buffalo. Um, unless he makes it very clear that I'm supposed to leave, I'm staying put because I know God has made it very clear that I'm supposed to stay right where I am. Now the question, the question is, how about you? Uh, do you know your calling? Do you know where God wants you to be? Do you know where you belong? Is the conviction of your calling greater than the fear that you face? Greater than the what ifs and the, and the unknowns? Now, when we look at scripture, we can see numerous people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament whose callings kept them in their place, regardless of fear, rejection, opposition, suffering, and persecution. Consider Noah, for example. You can read about him in Genesis 5 through 9. Um, but in Genesis 6, 5, it actually says that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil at the time. Uh, this is in the story of Noah. And as you read through these chapters in Genesis, you can see that mankind was really, really in a dark place. And as we know, maybe you don't know, but God called Noah to build an ark because he was going to flood the earth. He was basically going to start over because the wickedness in mankind's heart was so great that he regretted even making the human race. It actually says that in those chapters. Um, But what's interesting is that you know, as I was reading through this in preparation for this podcast, um, it doesn't really talk about the rejection that Noah faced. There's really no verses that distinctly say um, that that Noah faced ridicule and rejection. But I mean, you got to imagine that he did, you know, um, you got to imagine that he had people mocking him and because he was building this ark, you know, and there's no sign of any rain whatsoever. Um, but Noah, he stood faithful. You know, he knew what God was calling him to do. And he stood faithful to that call, even in the midst of what was going on around him. And what about Esther? Um, so, you know, as I was thinking about this podcast, I was actually thinking back to um, a, a my, the second episode that I ever did for this podcast. And it was a recording from a time um, where I spoke at a breakout session. And, um, you know, quick overview of Esther, if you're not familiar, but Esther, she was chosen to be queen and um, she was in this position where this guy named Haman, um, who was, uh, I don't know if he was second in command to the king, but he was a very high official um, within that area, you know, to the king. And the king actually elevated Haman into a position of, you know, very high authority. And, um, you know, for Haman, this guy, like, this went to his head. He got really puffed up. He got really, really prideful. And he was going around commanding people to bow down to him. So Mordecai, who was Esther's cousin, I believe, cousin or uncle, one of the two, he was a relative to Esther. Mordecai, he was a God-fearing man. He was a Jewish man. Esther was Jewish as well. And Mordecai, he was one of the people that Haman, you know, commanded to bow down to him. And Mordecai refused because of his own convictions. He only worshiped God. He only bowed down to God. He did not bow down to any other person but God. But for Haman, who was really prideful, this got him so angry that he not only wanted to take this out on Mordecai, he wanted to kill Mordecai, but he wanted to go to the extra mile and kill all the Jewish people, all of Mordecai and Esther's people. And if you are familiar with the story of Esther, Esther basically had to stand in the position that God gave her because she was chosen to be queen. Um, She had to use that position to rescue her people. And that was a quick flyby. That was a quick overview. So if you are not familiar with the story of Esther, you know, go and read it on your own time or go back to episode two of this podcast and you can um, hear a greater uh, detail about the story of Esther. 
But Esther 4, 15 to 17 says this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now what's happening here is that Esther and Mordecai, they actually had a conversation and Mordecai was telling Esther, who knows if you have come to your royal position for such a time as this in terms of saving the Jewish people because the Jewish people were going to get executed. They were going to get demolished because of Haman and his uh, wicked plot against Mordecai and the Jewish people. And Esther was having this realization that she was put in her position for such a time as this. And for her, she had to go to the king to basically plead. Um, there's there's way more to the story, but the gist of it is that she had to plead for um, the rescue of her people and the deliverance of her people. Um, but there was a law at that time that you cannot go to the king unless he summons you. So by her going to the king to talk, basically talk to him about you know, rescuing the people, her Jewish people, she was putting her life on the line. She could have died because she went to the king without being summoned. So <laughs> with all this, you know, she was facing fear. There was a great fear that Esther had of the fact that she could die. But the conviction of her calling overrid the fear. The conviction of knowing and realizing that God put her in that place and for that day and that hour and that situation overrid the fear of death that was so real for her. Now what about Paul? Let's look at a New Testament example. For me right now, I'm personally reading through the book of Acts. And um, Acts is just an incredible book. It's full of the miracles and the birth of the early church, just just the miraculous things that God was consistently doing on um, giving favor to the early church and advancing the gospel and making disciples and the the preaching of the word and all the evangelism. Um, There's just incredible power and direction of the Holy Spirit, incredible activity of the Holy Spirit um, through signs and wonders and miracles, Um, but also in the midst of this entire intense persecution and suffering but in the midst of all of that there's joy and there's a unwavered focus on the mission at hand and there is such a determination from the apostles and the early church to preach the gospel and to get the good news out there um in acts 20 24 uh, it says this and now compelled by the spirit i'm going to jerusalem this is paul speaking and he says not knowing what will happen to me there I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worthy, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So I just read Acts 20 just a couple of days ago, and I had to pull out this verse and I had to share it because what's so fascinating is that Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit is warning me that prison and hardships are facing me. Like he's already faced plenty of hardships before this verse was even um, written in, in, in the book of Acts. But what's so crazy is that he, he knows that prison and hardships are coming. He knows that there's more suffering, but yet he has a conviction by God's spirit to continue to preach the gospel. He knows the mission that God is calling him to. He, he knows what he is meant to do. And God knew, I mean, Paul knew that he was called to testify to the good news of God's grace um, of Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for the world. 
So I need to remind you that Paul's calling was clear to him and the conviction to finish that task was greater, even greater than the fear of knowing that he was going to face prison, prison and hardships. And of course, Jesus, what a better example than him, where Jesus's mission was to die for the sins of humanity. That is what God ordained him and called him to do, was to die on the cross for the human race to take upon all his all of our sins, past, present, and future, where every person has ever lived. We we needed, God knew that that mankind needed perfect blood to be sacrificed. When you look through, once again, I'm reading through Acts right now, and I'm also reading through Leviticus right now. And in Levit- Leviticus, it's just crazy because it's just offering after offering, um, guilt offerings and sin offerings and and just all these different things and, and just the countless animals of blood being shed to cover for the sins of humanity and all those all those sacrifices were temporary. They were temporary solutions to um, a grave, grave problem, which is the sin of the human heart. And as you're reading through Leviticus, for me, my eyes are opened and I'm appreciating um, the sacrifice of Jesus in a new way because Jesus put an end to all of that. Um, he fulfilled the law he in complete and perfect. There's no more need for sacrifices because Jesus was the perfect spotless lamb that was sacrificed for the sins of the world. And Jesus knew that that was his calling. Jesus knew that he would have to die on a cross, but be raised from the dead on, on the third day to be resurrected from the dead. But for Jesus, even though he knew that he would have to face the greatest torturer probably that any human could ever face, He stood strong in the conviction of his calling. He knew what God was calling him to and he didn't waver and he stayed and he became the savior and the savior of mankind. Now let's switch gears. What about you? What about your calling? You know, maybe you're listening to me and you hear about people like Noah and Esther and Paul and Jesus and you're like, Melissa, these people are different. These people were special for (laughs) for crying out loud, Jesus was God. You know, I can't be compared to these people. But I need to remind you that, you know, if God has called you into relationship with him, if he has drawn you to himself, you have the spirit of God within you to help you live out your calling. God has called you. God has chosen you for such a time as this just like he called Noah and Esther and Paul just like he had a calling for each of their lives he's got a calling for your life as well and he's got a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you and it's very detailed it's very specific and it's very intentional and I don't want you to doubt that but what about your calling maybe you are fully aware of what you're called to and you're living and you're walking in that right now maybe your calling is a little foggy right now maybe you don't really know what you're called to right now Well, I got some tips for you. One, serve God exactly where you're at. Whether you are in your place and you know that where you are living or working or doing, that is what God has called you to, keep serving him where you're at. Keep giving him your all. If you're someone where you have no idea what God is calling you to and you're still trying to figure that out, keep serving God where you're at. Don't let that change. Serve God exactly where you're at. Do everything unto him and for his glory. As you do that, you seek him and you will, and he will reveal new things to you as time goes on. 
If you're someone and you're just trying to figure out, you know what, what does my future hold? What does God have for me? As you pursue him and as you seek him with your whole heart, he will reveal that to you. And that's something that he promises to do. He will show you exactly where he wants you as time goes on. And here's the thing. No one can tell you what your calling is. Um, There will be people that will come and go out of your life who will probably think that they know what you're supposed to do. Um, I have had those people in and out of my life where I was making certain decisions and people thought I was disobeying God or rebelling. (laughs) There's some stories about that. Um, But I've also been that person who has thought, I knew what God was supposed to, what God was doing in somebody else's life, and I was woefully wrong in that as well. Um, so I need to let you guys know that God will use people and situations to confirm something that He has already shown you. Um, so just a brief example for me, um, when I felt like God was calling me to preach and teach, um, this was back in 2016, um, I, I had that desire early on, but it kind of shelved it, um, it was something that I kind of put on the, on the back burner, um, but when I, when I was in 2016, um, that desire started to stir back in me, and I started to pray, and I'm like, okay, God, like, what is this, like, 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 is this something that you're calling me to? Is this something that you have for me? And um, within that time, as I was praying about it, I forget the timeline, but God used three different situations to confirm to me that that's what he was calling me to do. Um, he used three different situations in different times. And each one of those times, it was kind of like a yes, Melissa, this is what I'm calling you to. So that's something that we need to remember is that as we seek God and as we pursue him, he will reveal the things that he's calling us to, but he will use people around around us in situations and around us to confirm that if it is him he will be faithful to do that um but one thing that is also important to realize is that even though I had that stirring and desire in 2016 my first opportunity to ever teach publicly didn't happen until 2018 so there was quite a long process right there um and it was actually two and a half years um from 2016 to like halfway 2018 where I actually got my first opportunity Um, So I use that to say, be patient in this process. Um, Be patient in the process of wondering what God is calling you to and if there's more that he has for you. Um, Most likely, God will not confirm it in your time frame. (laughs) He will not reveal it or confirm it in your time frame. But remember, he is perfect. He sees the big picture of your life from beginning to end. And he is very intentional with where he's placing you and the friendship he's lining up and the mentors that he's placing in your life and all these different things. He is directing you every single step of the way if you are following his leading. So trust him in that process. And when you are ready to know more of what he has for you, he will reveal it at the perfect way in the perfect time when you are ready for it. So only God can give you such a strong conviction by his spirit that will empower you to stay where you're supposed to be despite opposition, persecution, and suffering. Um, Once again, this is something that I covered. I believe it was the last episode I did, but it is by his spirit that we have the conviction of our calling. It is by his spirit that we know our callings and it's by his spirit that we are empowered and enabled to live out our callings despite fear, despite opposition, despite rejection, despite persecution, suffering, the list goes on and on. Despite anything that comes against us or at us, it is God in us that gives us the power to do what he's calling us to do. We cannot do it apart for him. So don't 
even try. <laughs> That's something we all need to know. We cannot do anything apart from him. So don't even try to. Surrender your life to him. Surrender where you're at to him. Pursue him with your whole heart. He will show you your calling when you're ready. His spirit will help you own it. And his spirit will help you walk in it. So I hope you got something out of this podcast episode. I hope God spoke to you um, through these words. You know, just a reminder, before every single episode, I pray and I ask the Lord um, what it is he wants me to talk about. And even before I even ask him, sometimes he drops certain topics in my heart and I'm like, okay, this is the next episode that I have to talk about. Um, This was actually one of those episodes. So I am trusting and believing that there's somebody out here who really needed to hear this episode. And um, I'm just praying that it encourages you and comforts you, gives you hope, and really, um, once again, just encourages you to um, continue to follow Jesus, continue to circumcive, uh, uh, circum, (laughs) that's funny, serve him, search him, seek for him right where you're at. And once again, you know, these uh, podcasts right now in this season of my life, I'm really treating these um, really as just a really intentional discipleship tool. Um, So even though I can't see you face to face, um, I can imagine us sitting at a coffee shop and me just ranting, me just talking. You know, sometimes I misspeak, sometimes I stumble over my words. Um, Sometimes maybe I'll say something I really didn't mean to. Um, I promise you if it's that bad, I'm going to go back and edit these um, because I always listen to them before I publish them. So if I'm saying anything that's false or false doctrine, don't worry, I'm covering that. Um, Actually, I might as well just say it right now. Um, Early on, I was saying that... um, the with the sacrifices in Leviticus um, of saying how those sacrifices covered sins for humanity. That's not true. I need to retract that. Um, the Jewish people, God was calling the Jewish people to make those sacrifices for their sins. Um, so it was those sacrifices in Leviticus and those offerings. It wasn't for the sins of humanity. It was for the sins of the Jewish people. So there we go. You know, sometimes you just have to, you know, just fix it right at the end of the podcast. So just got to cover myself right there. Um, But yeah, so if you have any questions, once again, um, questions about theology, questions about, um, you know, maybe you have a personal question, please reach out to me. Um, You know, I am I am here um, to help you in any way I can. Um, I promise I'll try my best to get back to all questions. Um, If I don't get back to you, I sincerely apologize. But just know that my heart for this podcast is to really, really help you be a disciple of Christ right where you're at. I want to encourage you to follow him. I want to encourage you to always keep your eyes fixed on him and to remind you that he has a plan and a purpose for your life and you're not an accident, but yet you were created by a creator who loves you and is calling you to know him um, in a deeper way. And um, as we get to know him for ourselves, he will use us in this world um, for this day and this hour. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys really got a lot out of this episode. I pray that you just sense the presence of the power of God just working and stirring in you. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode. So until then, have a great day and I'll see you next time on the Garden Heart Podcast.